Asia Pacific currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the 13th of October. This is Community Radio 3CR, Asia Pacific Currents. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Morrow, and it's great to see you this week, Giselle. <laughs> what are Even you though it's Pierre? another nice sunny day, but obviously the side of that with um, the uh, daylight saving time, you can actually come for half an hour and still get enough sun afterwards, given that we I'm, know you were just I'm on resting. work cover from APC, all of the bullying that you subject me to on this show. <laughs> Listeners should know also that you've wiped me out for the entire month of November. I won't be here. Well, uh, listeners, sorry about being late starting, but we're actually late starting because Giselle just decided that she liked the song uh, about Mia Dyson dancing on the edge, (laughs) and she said... um, no, don't start our program. I just want to keep hearing it. And, um, Some so let's, conversations let's are not for broadcasting, Pierre. Well, Giselle, I'm afraid um, we have a relationship with our <laughs> listeners. But um, Do they know about that? Um, of course they do. They come and talk to me in uh, real, real life. But um, anyway, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links. So um, those contact details, Giselle, if That's you can still right. remember them. If you want to find us on the web, all the w's.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so find us on those social media platforms. And, of course, if you want to email us, you can do that by writing to aawl at aawl.org.au. And uh, on today's program, we'll have our usual news roundup. And on uh, <coughs> the second half of the of the program, we'll have a uh, a discussion about um, Iran. We brought you lots of information. Even I think today we've got another um, news item about Iran, about the issue of uh, the class struggle there, and about the fact that. Um, anti-imperialism and also that it's um, also under attack by the U- the government is under attack by the US government. So where do working class activists actually sit and on those um, competing uh, or those different type of conflicts? But anyway, they'll be in the second half of the uh, of the program, we'll be able to hear our our collective and combined, maybe uh, uneven wisdom, but we'll just have to wait and see. Uneven, uh, the scales fall on my side, though. We do know that, don't we, Pia? Uh, we'll just let the listeners <laughs> um, uh, balance, uh, have them um, <laughs> under- see that. Anyway, let's go. You've got the first <laughs> item. The words were just missing there. Okay, we're going to kick off with the global fast food company McDonald's. Um, McDonald's has been accused of systematically rotating its workforce and reducing shifts for workers as they grow older in a bid to cut costs. McDonald's is a major employer in Australia with more than 100,000 workers in stores across the country, which are mostly franchises. In Australia, workers under the age of 18 are paid junior rates regardless of the work they're performing. 
The wages increase as they get older. Therefore, there's an incentive for companies to use younger workers. McDonald's is accused by unions to using, uh, accused of using casual employment and junior rates to cycle workers. The company then hires younger and cheaper staff and gradually phases out older casual employees as part of a practice that's become known as learn and churn. That's a, that's a cute three-word uh, slogan, learn and churn. Um, we now go to um, to the Philippines, where around 900 workers at uh, Sumifru Philippines, a banana export agribusiness in the Compostela Valley province in the southern island of Mindanao, have been out on strike since the start of this month, which makes it about two weeks. The workers' demands include the right to negotiate for a collective bargaining agreement, which uh, is very similar to many other workers, the regularisation of its long-term con- contractual workers, i.e. for secure employment, and to win significant wage increases. Um, Last year, the workers also successfully resisted the company's attempt to introduce piece rate payments instead of regular salaries. Now, um, last weekend, so after a week of the strike, the government enacted special provisions under the Labor Code known as Assumption of Jurisdiction, which directed workers to immediately return to work. The workers refused to buckle under this pressure, and last Thursday, some of their picket lines were attacked by police and thugs. Reports indicate that seven workers were injured, while another two were arrested. Fortunately, this strike is continuing. And um, I think we're going to have a, um, an interview with one of those uh, workers next week on this issue. I I do want to say we often report on workers who refuse to buckle under that kind of pressure and we say it very, very flippantly and I think it's important to um, just get present to how much pressure those workers are being subjected to and what it actually takes in relation to livelihood, the lives of their children and their families and the threat of violence, that these workers are actually standing up in the face of all of that in order to continue the strike. Um, Well, a very good point there. Moving now to India, in a continuing campaign that we've reported before, public transport workers in the southern southern state of Tamil Nadu have conducted many actions since the start of this year to demand better job security and for entitlements to be paid to them. At the start of this month, they staged a major demonstration outside of the Transport Secretariat in Chennai, the capital of Tamil Nadu. The response by the government was to send in a huge contingent of police to encircle the workers. By the end of the day, 10,000 workers had been forcibly moved and detained by the police. The workers have stated that their campaign will continue. Now, I just, again, want people to actually see if they can visualise this in their mind's eye. 10,000 workers encircled by probably as many police (coughs) and detained. That's that's right, and they were all moved to a nearby um, um, stadium. stadium. That that that's correct. I mean the, um, um, and we remain in India. Very an, a very tragic uh, story. This one, um, where according to the latest um, reports, the death toll from a gas explosion at a steel plant has risen to twelve dead, while another eleven workers are in hospital suffering extensive burn injuries. The blast took place at the Steel Authority of India plant near the city of Raipur in uh, Chattigarh state in the centre of India. The explosion occurred in a pipeline near the coke oven section of the steel plant. The uh, sale um, steel plant, i.e. the um, 
um, the Steel Authority of India plant, is one of India's major heavy and structural steel producers. Now, unfortunately, this factory has a very poor safety record when another major uh, incident killing six workers just four years ago. In addition, uh, records have now come out that uh, show that since 2014, about 31 workers have been killed just at this plant. While when you and but including other sites, 17 workers, 74 workers have been killed at sale um, steel plants in the last um, three years, uh, with a total of over 200 reportable occupational health and safety incidents. So it really shows the um, abysmal health and safety condition at that company. And more on the Iranian truck drivers' strike. Despite a combination of repression and promises by the Iranian government, the powerful strike of thousands of drivers of heavy trucks and truckers has now entered its third week. The strike has spread to 31 provinces and over 300 cities, seriously affecting the supply of many goods. While accurate figures are hard to come by... It's estimated that hundreds of truck drivers have been arrested across various cities. The government has also stepped up threats against them, with the country's criminal prosecutor, Montezeri, going as far as threatening strikers with execution. The strike is a culmination of a growing number of grievances that have built up over years. The main demands of the truck drivers are about increased pay, lower fees and tolls, a lower retirement age improved road safety measures and the right to elect their own representatives. Of course, we must say that the... Actually, no, I was about to give incorrect information. Oh, all right. Well, I was can... about to say this is the same union that Monsoor is from, but he's no, a bus driver in right. Tehran. Yes. That's right. Anyway, <laughs> we can talk more of that later on the second half of the program. But we now go uh, remain in the region. We go to Saudi Arabia, where the dis- disappearance last week and probable murder of Jamal Khashoggi from the Southern, Saudi Arabian consulate in Ankara, Turkey, is shaping up as a watershed moment for the dictatorial rule of the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. This is not the first time the Saudi Arabian government has kidnapped dissidents from other countries. Um, a notable case was Nasir al Said, who disappeared from Beirut in 1979 uh, and has never uh, been heard since, or out of character with the, with the regime, given the thousands languish in its jails, with many human rights activists activists branded as terrorists and facing death sentences. And of course, uh, Saudi Arabia's treatment of migrant workers has been reported here many, many times. What has made this case different is that Jamal was a very well-known journalist around the world and that the kidnapping uh, or the murder happened in Turkey, an ally of Qatar in that country's dispute with Saudi Arabia. Demands by activists for an end to arms sales to Saudi Arabia, including for Saudi Arabia to stop its war in Yemen, as well as calls for less repression inside the secretive kingdom, have all been amplified by this crisis. And in Palestine, more than 30 Palestinian women who are being held in the Hasharon prison have been protesting for over a month against a recent installation of surveillance cameras throughout the prison. The women say that the cameras take away all their privacy as they now cover the recreation area, the kitchen, the laundry, the canteen, as well as all the corridors. The cameras had been taken away a number of years previously following another series of protracted struggles by women prisoners. Male prisoners in the same jail are also taking action in solidarity. 
In a separate case, Khadr Adnan has been on a hunger strike for 40 days in protest against his imprisonment without charge or trial. And of course, um, I I did see a news item that uh, more Palestinians in Gaza were killed overnight uh, by the Israeli um, military. So um, very sad news there. But that uh, brings to an end of the um, news uh, roundup of labour issues around our region. We'll We'll go to a couple of community announcements and then we'll be back with a discussion about Iran, uh, labour struggle, class struggle and um, anti-imperialism. Hi, I'm Romy. I'm 14 years old and I'm part of a group organising a children's march for Nauru. Kids on Nauru are not free. They are suffering very much. Join kids, youth and families on Sunday, October 21st at 11am at Birurungma near Fed Square to call for the freedom of refugees in detention, especially children. This is a peaceful, family-friendly event and will include children's speeches and singing. The Artist Committee is a 3CR supporter. CR, always bringing you the latest union news. They're coming after us at the moment. They want to get rid of penalty rates, the big push from businesses. They want to get rid of all the things that you and I have fought for. So there's tens of thousands of jobs gone, contracted out to sham contracting arrangements. On 8.55am and on the web, 3cr.org.au. It's uh, just ticked over quarter past uh, nine o'clock here on Asia Pacific Currents, your favourite community, and on 3CR Radio, favourite community radio station. And of course, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you every week by Australia Asia Workerlings. Now, um, Giselle, we've had a, a number of uh, items about Iran. Of course, we had an interview, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but very recently about the truck driver strike. Now, obviously, also Iran in the mass media, there's always Iran is always portrayed as um, in competition with other powers in the in the region, and of course, uh, as a um, as an enemy of the U.S. government. And so, a lot of people say we need to defend the Iranian government uh, against the U.S. Uh, in terms of an anti-imperialist stance. But of course, within Iran, the, if you're a worker or a truck driver, bus driver or a sugarcane worker or a teacher, the situation would look very different and uh, the government would, wouldn't really seem to be all that progressive. Well, and it's interesting because it is the same Revolutionary Guard that is supposedly defending against US imperialism that is turning its guns on these truck drivers or threatening to um, turn its guns on the striking truck workers. So... um, And you're right. I mean, this is precisely where the debate got stuck, in my view, when we were talking about the Syrian um, uh, civil war, um, but which arose from the Arab Spring. So when... Yeah, I'm not sure I'm with most of our comrades when we say defending the government because it is a defence against imperialism. Well, put it well. Put it this way: if um, um, if Iran was attacked by the US, it was bombed. Uh, would you defend Iran, the Iranian government, against the US? 
It's, I don't agree with how you've constructed the question. Sure, constructing it in a different way. Because it's not a function of defending the government. I'm not going to ever, I, I don't think I would raise a slogan, uh, defend the Iranian government against the US. I would raise a slogan that says, defend Iranian workers or defend Iranians against US imperialism. That's a that's a very good um, uh, difference to make, and also um, the um, there was actually a, a number of, of years ago, or not so long ago, there was a um, a statement put out by a lot of uh, worker association, <coughs> and often when we talk about um, workers in Iran, uh, people have to understand that all the official trade unions in Iran are government vetted, so the great majority of unions in Iran are government-sponsored, so they're not really independent unions. So we really talk about labor organizations, which are often illegal uh, in, in Iran or not entirely um, as, a, as, a, as a legal organization or a structure. there's a structure there. But they, a lot of the labor organizations actually put out a statement calling for no bombing from the U.S. or no war from it for us for the international uh, comrades to stop any aggression, military aggression, because they said it will just give the government of Iran an excuse to crack down and to rally the population on nationalistic grounds. And it will actually, any war and any um, type of bombing or um, sacrifices will actually be borne by the Iranian working class. Well, yes, that is. I mean, that is an analysis that I agree with. But it, but it still leaves us as solidarity activists in other parts of the world with a question: What do we say? What demands do we raise? What do we say? And what action do we take in the event? And this isn't an obscure event that we're it's talking not a about. Theoretical uh, <laughs> idea that we're talking about that the US starts bombing Iran, and I mean, this is actually why. <coughs> I think proper organised training and political education of workers through unions is important and certainly in Australia we have destroyed that um, tradition entirely. We no longer educate about political economy and armed struggle, dare I say. I wasn't well, sure if I should say that. I was a bit can, nervous you, about you, saying you, that out loud. You can you can uh, say uh, say that, and uh, maybe another time we can actually <coughs> have um, a separate discussion about armed struggle, especially since there's incredible amount of historical examples that we can actually look at that, both at a national liberation struggle or even urban guerrilla. Um, uh, armed struggle, and I think that could be very interesting. But I'll try and get back to to Iran. I I feel that what you said about uh, the comparison with Syria, I think I I totally agree with that with you. I think the left internationally. I think not only we didn't do a I'll speak in the collective. Um, we didn't do a very good job at supporting the uprising. But I don't think we've even done a very good job at discussing and analysing even why we didn't do a good job or what went wrong. And I often see that there's different sides um, and there's very little debate to go and even to actually like talk about what you said. So apart from a slogan, what are the practical steps that we can take? How should we do? And I think the difference... Um, 
from Syria to Iran that I can see is that, first of all, Iran is, is bigger, there's got more people, but also the working class has, is more, still more organised and it's still got a long history of uprisings. So there is actually, um, more than in Syria, an independent labour movement there that we should be uh, doing more to support right now. Yeah, but I, I mean, the other element of Iran that I think needs to be discussed is that it is technically a theocracy. How, I mean, how does that in, how does that interact with the class struggle in relation to consciousness and and actually, I mean, because I think you're right. One of the things we definitely see is, despite the deep deep repression in Iran, there is still people who are. And this is a comment that I made earlier when we did the news. There are still people who are willing to, in the face of that um, repression, still stand. And we know and we report on the, the many, many thousands of workers, of leaders that are languishing in, you know, Evan prison and, and so on. Mm. So the threat is real on them and yet they still, f- like the repression hasn't killed them. It hasn't killed the movement. Why? I think that's a very, very good um, question. Look, I I, I can't um, answer that. Maybe um, next time we have a uh, labour activist, we can actually ask that question directly. I can only guess that even, you know, with the truck driver strike now, is that the, I think, I'll go back one step. I think what you said about the theocracy, I think it's a very interesting point, how that works and intersects and you know, how do people see it and, and politically what does it mean? I, th- I think from here in Australia it would be very difficult for us to understand. The analysis of Iran, just in terms of what you're saying, in my view I think must start with 1979. I don't think you can understand Iran today without going there. I would actually <clears throat> say it has to go a little bit before that because in my well, I was born in 1979, so there was <laughs> so <laughs> the time didn't exist before that. Fair enough, fair enough, grasshopper. At least you were honest. <laughs> um, look, I think, and I totally agree with you. I think we need to go before 79 because, in my humble opinion, one of the huge mistakes that the left did in the run-up to the revolution and the overthrow of, um, of uh, the, the Shah was that they allied themselves with the Islamists at that time and they let the Islamists take um, the lead of, of the revolution. But, you know, that's a very long time ago, but I think we still need to see even their dynamics. How does that happen? And, and it's, e- it's easy to say, oh, no, you shouldn't have done that, but what were the real dynamics of it? Um and um, and I think, you know, why are these workers still struggling? I think part of, the, part of the reason is that the Islamic revolution actually came on the back of this left-wing revolution. And so they actually promised um, a lot for the poor people. Um, and so they said, we are not either capitalists or communists. We're going to be this great Islamic um, revolution. And I think that the, 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 that goal, that I, ideals, I think have run into the ground of capitalism, into the world of, of you know, whatever form of theo, theo, 
theocracy capitalism they have there um, has run into the ground. So a lot of people are really, really suffering. And so, and, and you know, I've seen, um, um, not that I can speak Persian, but I've seen videos and, um, and I believe that what people have uh, translated, a lot of these rallies, which you see in those massive rallies, they all, a lot of them go down with the Islamic Republic. Um, so it's very interesting. And I think, you know, once you ground people so far into the ground, um, people go, well, I'm already starving. So why not have a chance to do it? So I think that's um, how we do it. But the question is, how do we intersect with that? I... You're looking at me with uh, <laughs> stunned eyes and thinking they're not stunned eyes i mean i want to say something and uh, uh, this conversation you can can say it wrong no one will will, no no i know no that's not what i'm worried about i mean a lot of what we've said is on the edge i think of what can be said it's um you you know the the precipice of overthrowing capitalism and i i think in these times these are dangerous conversations to have but i I would say that at the very least we need to say with the workers always. So um, not the Iranian government, not like all of this I think is will lead us down the wrong path even though it is right and proper to defend Iran against um, imperialism. What do we mean when we say Iran? Is Iran the people? Is it the government? I mean this is that. So I would say... A more accurate way to talk about it is with the workers always, and that is the struggle that we stand with because it is that class. I mean, imperialism is the highest state of capitalism. It is the working class. It is the only class that has the force and the power to overthrow capitalism, and that is where we need to stand. Or even to resist at the, <clears throat> at the minimum level. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I totally agree, and I, and I think, um, you know, we should make those arguments more, and certainly here on Asia-Pacific Currents and AWL, we always put um, workers first. And I think, you know, we've got a very much of a global outlook and we say, look, the cli-, and, you know, when we talk about the struggles, the, the issues are all the same for workers, you know, whether they're in the Philippines, Iran or China or, or South Korea, they're, they're all the same. It's about having a living wage, safe environment, uh, be able to get home safe and not be repressed and have independent trade unions. Um, and that's what's happening in Iran as well. So um, I think that's a very good point that you made there, Giselle, about standing with the workers in Iran. And I think um, we have to make that explicit much more. And I think we've got it. We should um, actually um, hold some of the left in account when they say, um, defend against US imperialism well who are you actually defending and what for I think that's a very good question to to ask and I think um, just on 28 past 9 o'clock I think that's a very good way to finish because it really boils down which side are you on comrade isn't that right well done all right. Well, um, now we do have a quick announcement. There is a um, counter demo for the right of women to reproductive health and to access to abortion um, because the right to lifers are having the annual march. Um, it's going to be at uh, Crumbage, though, at one o'clock. 
Twelve. Uh, I think it's at twelve. Twelve thirty. We'll say twelve thirty at Parliament House. So meet at twelve thirty uh, steps of Parliament House um, in in the city and um, support the right of women to safe uh, um, and uh, legal abortions. And um, that's all that we have for you today. Um, uh, we've got in planning uh, next um, next week to have a interview with a worker from the uh, Sumifru um, business in the, in um, company in the Philippines about their continuing strike. But that's um, Asia Pacific Currencies brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links on your favourite community radio station, 3CR Radio. We're done for today. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. My name's Pierre. I'm Giselle. And stay tuned to um, uh, Palestine uh, Remembered just after this quick uh, community announcement. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.